Within the last few years, we have heard dancers tell us how difficult life was, how painful it is to dance, how much they had to give up, and what sacrifices were demanded of them to be able to be successful in their chosen profession. Let me emphasize that I don't feel that way at all. I made a complete voluntary commitment to ballet very early in my life, around the age of 12. Most ballet dancers have to do this. Otherwise, we cannot go through the preparation and adopt the discipline of body, mind, and emotions that are necessary to give us the physical and moral strength to dance. Up here on this stage, we may look as if we're floating on air, that our fast turns and steps and pirouettes and jumps are all magically easy. Of course, it's an illusion. A good dancer needs the body of an athlete and the mind and spirit of an artist. The work we do, the endless hours of class and rehearsal are not supposed to show. If they do, performance is not successful. Dancing requires incredible concentration. We can't look at the audience to see its reaction or to get their approval. We can't think about the next step we will be dancing. We have to focus entirely on what we are doing at the time, that split second in which we do it. And we have to do it full out the best we can. We cannot and should not say our, to ourselves, today I'll do it halfway, tomorrow I'll do it better. Because for a dancer, that just doesn't work. The time span of our career is too short. Out of all this concentration on the moment, on the awareness of that moment as it actually is and what it holds, comes what I consider the most important part of my philosophy. My most profound commitment is to the now of life. The past is over. The future is unknowable. You can use the past to learn from your mistakes or to profit from your successes. You may, of course, have to look to the future as it reflects the consequences of what you do now. But I feel that I must experience and use every moment as I live it because that particular moment will never come again. George Balanchine, the great choreographer, also was a great influence on my life and on my ideas. When he taught, he would often say, what are you holding back for? What are you waiting for? Do it now. Some of us translated this advice into the way we tried to live our lives. I, for one, found that it was the only way I could attain a kind of serenity that has made it possible for me to live through many changes and difficulties without losing my focus or my faith. It is easy to misunderstand this emphasis on the nowness of life. Of course, like any belief, it can be misused. It does not mean that one follows every impulse without in some way considering its consequences. It also does not mean that one never plans for anything. When I don't need to plan, when I can just be, this is a focus, an anchor that holds my mind still as it opens up my attention to what is around me. I don't spend a lot of time being anxious about things which might go wrong, 
that kind of worry is unproductive and disturbs my ability to feel and experience exactly what is happening at any given moment. If one lets oneself experience fully what one is feeling, almost anything becomes bearable. During the last two years, I danced with a serious hip injury. When I was off stage, I often felt that I could hardly manage that pain. It was strong, so strong that the now seemed sometimes unbearable. But when I was dancing, when I was really concentrating on every split second, I sometimes didn't feel the pain at all. As I mentioned earlier, I made a commitment to ballet when I was 12, and I set as my goal that I would be the best dancer I possibly could be. Not the most famous or not the most highest paid dancer, just the best I could be. At the age of 15, I was given the opportunity to go to the ballet school in the world, the best ballet school in the world, the School of American Ballet, and to learn from their teachers. The following year, at 16, I was invited to join the New York City Ballet and to work with George Balanchine, one of the greatest men of his time. From him, I learned more than just dance technique. I acquired a commitment to excellence for its own sake and the joy that such a commitment can bring along with all the hard work. Often, I danced 12 hours a day, and there was absolutely nothing that I would rather have done. But somewhere along the way, I also learned that change is an inevitable a part of life as constancy. After eight years, for personal reasons, I had to leave the New York City Ballet, which had become in many ways my family. I had grown up in it, and I had to move on. The Balanchine Ballets, which I loved, in which I had danced with so much joy for audiences that seemed to appreciate them, were no longer to be a part of my life. The company to which I moved was in another country, in Belgium, and there was a new choreographer whom I hardly knew and whose work was very different from that of Mr. Balanchine's. So, now what? I had to learn that my tempo could not always follow the rhythm I liked best or which was most easily adapted to my style. I had to learn to adapt to a new rhythm which deserved just as much respect and understanding. I learned enormously from this situation, accepting and using all that I could find in it to enhance my art and my life. But I also refused to give up the old now and made it a part of my new present. Every day I gave myself a balancing class, working as if he were still there watching me, and I continued to rehearse all of his ballets that I had learned, even though at the time it seemed unlikely that I would ever dance them again. In a way, this was a form of spiritual therapy. In another way, it made me happy just to do these ballets. Had I worked solely with the idea of coming back to the New York City Ballet, I probably would have been very sad and felt sorry for myself. I did not brood because by now I knew that this kind of unproductive activity makes moments in which we are living unavailable to learning, to understanding, and to joy. There is also a kind of contradiction in a dancer's life which many of us keep in the back of our minds throughout our professional years. Every minute we practice, every minute we perform towards gaining the perfection we are seeking, ironically uses up the physical qualities so necessary to a dancer's art. The muscles and joints we have to use until they hurt must eventually give out. 
We know this, but many of us just don't think about it. Looking forward with anxiety or looking backward with regret robs one of the only moment one definitely has now. So as a performer, I feel free to give everything I have and not hold back. I am able to take more risks and live according to the dictates of each performance, no matter how many times I have danced the same ballet. And every performance is different because every now is different. Eventually, after five years in Belgium, I came back to the New York City Ballet and had the incredible good fortune of working with Mr. Balanchine again. The years I spent learning from him, listening to him, and watching him have enriched my life immeasurably. Because I have been able to follow the philosophy he taught me, I was able to bear his untimely death and to continue dancing his ballets as I think he would have wanted me to do. Within the last year, my hip joint, which had slowly been deteriorating, finally gave out. I could no longer stand or walk, never mind dance, without having a hip replacement operation. I had the surgery about four months ago. Now there will be ballets I can no longer dance, roles that I loved I will no longer be able to perform. That too is part of my now. I will have to be more disciplined and work harder than ever to get back into shape to circumvent, to circumvent the physical problems of my new hip. I hope to be able to perform again, and if not, I will continue to work in the world of ballet. Life will be different, but it will be the best I can make it. There will be loss and there will, will be joy. I hope that I will have the strength, the courage, and the moral conviction to let go of what I cannot hold on to and to do the best I can with all that I still have. For years, I have carried a page from a prayer book and it's gone with me wherever I go. It says, no test has been sent to you that doesn't come to all men. Moreover, God keeps his promise. He will not let you be tested beyond your strength. He will give you, with the test, a way of emerging from it successfully, that you may be able to endure it. And finally, if all of this makes no sense, I believe in mystery and I believe in miracles.